fire, we will rekindle it. Samuel Adams. Hey friends, Freddie Freeman here. A wise man by the name of Ben Franklin once said, by failing to prepare, you are preparing to fail. So go to 1360khnc.com and click the Patriot Supply button and make sure you're prepared. With plenty of survival products from emergency survival food, water filtration systems, survival coffee, and more, My Patriot Supply has got the perfect gifts for you. Just click that Patriot Supply button only on 1360khnc.com. This is Clay with Wagner Electric Company. We're out of Greeley. We're here to promote our Generac and Cummins standby generators and our service to the community with any electrical needs. We're located at 1517 2nd Avenue in Greeley, 970-800-3693. The biggest thing that we want to promote is that we set the standard and we're here to support you and your needs. 970-800-3693. The views and opinions expressed on 1360 KHNC are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Excursion Broadcasting Network. Day by day, oh dear Lord, three things I pray, to see thee more clearly, love thee more dearly, follow thee. Welcome. Good morning, Good morning. to today's to program, today's program. The, the Present Truth Program. So, <laughs> the Present Truth. I have my mind set on the weekday programs. I apologize for that. Uh, welcome to the Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry Radio Church Program. I'm your host, Rick Rodriguez. And um, today we're going to begin with Psalm 118, verse 8, the very center verse of the Scripture. Take the Bible, cut it in half, the center verse in the whole of Scripture. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Verse 9. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. Verse 10. All nations compassed me about, but in the name of the Lord will I destroy them. Verse 11. They compassed me about. They surrounded me on all sides. Yes, they surrounded me about but in the name of the Lord I will destroy them. Verse 12, They compassed me about, surrounded me, closed me in, encompassed me, they compassed me about like bees. They are quenched as the fire of thorns, for in the name of the Lord I will destroy them. Verse 13, You have thrust sore at me that I might fall. But the Lord helped me. Verse 14, the Lord is my strength and song and has become my salvation. The voice of 15, 
The voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tabernacles of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord doeth valiantly. The world we in this time uh, where we sit in time as I decide how to take the direction I need to, I feel is important, I'm uh, trying to pick the, the sequence of the scriptures. Firstly, in the time in which we live, you, we, the believers in the body of Christ, the children of Israel, the nations of the world, the only hope mankind has is hope in Jesus Christ. The only hope mankind has is in the name of the Lord. God is the only one. And His Son, the Trinity, the triune God, the plurality of who God is, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, must be our help. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 25. Because only God can help mankind. Verse 25, Hebrews 12, 25. See that you... Do not refuse him. Do not refuse the only God who can help you. Do not refuse him that speaks. For if they escape not who refused him that spake on earth during the time of Moses, he spake, he spake on earth. How much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him that speaks from heaven? Verse 26, in those days with the children of Israel, whose voice then shook the earth, but now in the time in which we live, and even in the time when Paul wrote these verses, but more so now, but now he has promised, saying, I am going to shake one more time, I am going to shake the earth. But I'm not going to shake the earth only. I am also going to shake heaven. This is what God does. He shakes. Whatever can be shaken, He shakes it. That's what He does. We can't stay His hand. We can't stop Him. We can't counsel Him. If he shook the earth in the time with the children of Israel so that the earth shook and they feared, then how much more in the time in which we live is he going to shake the earth also again? But this time he's not going to shake the earth only. In the time in which we live, he's going to shake heaven also. 
He is going to shape every kingdom in this world. Every country, every continent, every race. Because God is trying to get the attention of the people of the world. In general, the children of Israel more specifically, but God is trying to get and wake up the members and the seven churches that have become believers. God is speaking very clearly to the born-again people. But I'm afraid, I know by observation, by what Scripture says, that God's people are not listening. God is coming to shake everything that can be shaken. That was verse 26, Hebrews 12, 26. Now verse 27. And this word, one more time, once more, one, one more time signifies the removing of the things that are shaken as of things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain, they will be set, like anchored, that they will be anchored, they will remain, they can't be shaken. Can your faith be shaken? Can your faith be shaken? God is coming to shake everything. The world, and he's coming to shake every individual. And he's coming to shake his own people in the body of Christ. And he will shake his family first. Each of us. We cannot escape the shaking that is coming individually. God will choose what needs to be shaken with each of us. Not that he wants to punish us. It's that he must. Because if we are trusting in things, leaning on things, holding on to things, and not putting our trust in him, but in other things, they need to be shaken. They must be shaken. Put your trust in the Lord. Put no confidence in man, no one. Put no confidence in man. Don't put your confidence in a government. Don't put your confidence in governors of the states, in a political system, in a political world, in a candidate. We must have, Christ said, and in the Old Testament it's very clear, there must be individuals in the civil in, in societies, civil servants that are elected into positions of authority for the sake of the people in a community, a city, a, a region, a state, a nation. 
Yes, we do elect these people. They are to do something. They are to, they have a job to do. But they won't. Because of their nature. But we do look to these individuals. We do, to the, we do look to the laws of the land to protect us. So in that sense, we do look for help from the civil authorities, from the laws of the land. But when they fail, you put your trust in the Lord. Don't put your trust in man, governments. Don't put your trust in anything. They will fail you. They will fail you. Don't put your trust in princes. In the body of Christ in America, we have princes, pastors, members that are to give sound instruction to the children of God. That they are to give, they are to teach from the Word of God what the Word says. They're not to add to it, like it says in the book of Revelation. Don't add to what is written in the book of Revelation. Don't add to it or don't take away from it. The principle in the book of Revelation is if you add anything to what was written in that book, the promise is the plagues in the book will be added to you. And if you, whatever you take, what is in the script, what is in the book of Revelation, if you take anything out, then your portion will be taken from you. And in a sense, that's a pattern for all of Scripture. Don't add to the teachings of Christ. Present that they are these men are to present the teachings of Christ the way that Christ presented them to the disciples and the way that the disciples presented them in their writings. The prophets in the Old Testament, Christ himself, the apostles in the New Testament. We have princes. You can call them princes in the body of Christ. Men who have great authority over God's children. Be careful that those that are your pastors, your overseers, whatever you want to call them, your elders, make sure that they are teaching what Christ has presented and they're not adding anything to it, and they're not taking anything away from it. Don't put your trust in man, your confidence in princes. Can the Lord uh, direct you by His Holy Spirit? Yes, He can. But He has set things up in a way in which there are men who have greater insight and understanding of the Word of God, they're shepherds. And with a shepherd, 
a shepherd is a servant. You have apostles, prophets, teachers, pastors, evangelists. The greatest of them are the apostles. But the apostles, their position, and you might say it's it's a, Paul wouldn't consider it to be a dignified position because they treated these men like the scum of the earth. But Paul made it clear they're servants. You want to be great? You must be a servant. You want to take an upper seat? You're going to be removed from that seat. I'm speaking to the men in responsible positions. I'm speaking to the pastors. The Holy Spirit, I'm going to tell you, the Holy Spirit is having a hard time with the pastors of the land, of this land, the evangelical pastors in America. He's having a hard time with these men because they're not telling his children the mysteries of the universe, is the way I'll put it. What God reveals through his spirit to these shepherds is not so they can have power and authority and prominence, dignity over God's children. It's so that they will inform God's children about matters that are important in life. The time that we live in is very important. The signs of the times, they're evident. The skies don't look like there's going to be sun tomorrow. It looks like we're we're heading into a period of time where there's going to be a deluge of hardship. This is what I say about the pastors of the land. I, I wish I had more time to really study what is happening in this vast realm of evangelical Christianity to hear what many of these pastors have to say. I get the gist of it. I get it. Uh, I just, you might say, I, I, I get the the spirit, and I can see where the pastors of the land are by listening. And I don't hear, I don't hear what God wants his children to hear. I'm not hearing the men say that hardship is coming to this country and God's children are going to suffer. I don't hear these men saying that we're in a time of great apostasy. I don't hear them saying that we're in the season of Antichrist or the first beast, the beast and the false prophet. I don't hear them saying that. 
I don't hear them saying that we're in the day of the Lord, that the day of the Lord is just up the road. And it's, it's, a, it's a day of terror. It's a day of terror to the nations of the world. Why wouldn't it be a day of terror to the children of God? The Lord, in the parables in Matthew and Luke, and, and some in Mark, talks through the parables about from the day that he left this world and the time from that day to, the, to this time and the day when he comes back. It's, it's a terrible thing. It's not just a story. He is coming back in the parable of the talents. He's coming back to see how his children invested their time. That's a terrible thing. We're a, we're a we're his farm. We're his field. He's coming to, to he's coming back. It's a terrible thought that he's coming back to see how God's children have matured or if they're still babes. Paul talks about it to the Corinthians, one of the most gifted of the churches of that in that area of that time. They had everything. They were wealthy. They had great wealth. They were prominent. They were educated. They had the best of everything. They were very gifted spiritually. Very, very gifted spiritually. And Paul said that he had to walk gingerly with them, tenderly, because they couldn't take the truth. They couldn't take. He had to speak to them from a distance with letters he didn't speak to them like he spoke to the church in Ephesus when he was present. No, not with the Corinthians. He would come and go. He had to be very careful with them. They were his children. It was through his gospel that they came into existence. He as a father to them had every right to speak to them, but as a father he had the wisdom to know they were delicate. They were tender. They were weak in the soul, sensitive, emotional. This is the churches in America. The pastors of the land that should tell the truth won't. I'm going to tell you something. When the hardships come and the punishments come, the men of the land that have been in these positions, these are the men that are going to be held accountable. And I don't mean when Christ returns. I mean before he comes. You're going to, we are going to see the true men that have been the faithful pastors of the children of God. We're going to see the true men who've had the integrity 
to present to God's children what needed to be presented. Do all these men have the same revelation as to maybe the time that we're in? No. But the Lord is going to reveal to the men in these positions where we are in time. And when they see it, they will tell their children, they will tell their congregations, yes, yes, I'll give you one example. Yes, America is in the Bible. Yes, America as a great nation is in the Bible. Once they have the revelation, as difficult as, as it's going to be for them, they will tell their people, their congregation that America is in the Bible. They will tell them the great truths of our time. They're not going to like it. It's going to be difficult. But once the Lord reveals something to them, the Lord expects a return from that revelation, from that understanding that God gives these men. This is a difficult time for the pastors of the land. There is a great transition coming. God is going to force these men to, you might say, it's, it's, it's like a valley of decision for them. And many of these men are going to retire. They're going to walk away because they won't know how to handle the fact that they're going to have to tell these people that have been in their assemblies for 10, 20, 30 years, 40 years, that America's in the Bible and they have been mistaken, they have been wrong, they have erred in their vision. We're going to go to a break. I'm going to return. The podcast for the Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry Program because you're not going to be able to sit through the whole thing. The podcasts are on 1360khnc.com to the Olive Tree site. We'll be back in a few minutes. We'll continue. This is Rick Rodriguez. We'll be right back. Hi, folks. I'm James Morgan, a realtor with Grisham & Associates, LLC. I know it must seem like there's a million realtors out there making all kinds of promises. Want to hear my big marketing promise? I promise honest and fair dealings with all those I do business with. That may sound old-fashioned, and it is not very catchy, but it is true. I am your Colorado real estate specialist. Farmland, mountain cabins, or urban dwellings. When you work with my team, we'll get the right property for you and be upfront and honest with you every step of the way. Over the years, my clients have told me just that fact alone separates us from others in the industry. If you are considering buying or selling real estate, call me, James Morgan, at 720-203-0731 or visit my website at coloradoproperties.online. No catchy slogan, just a client-first, honest real estate experience. Hit it, girls. Keep listening to the American Freedom Network. Oh, happy day. Happy 
He washed my sins away. Okay. He washed your sins away. He washed your sins away. So to begin with, Psalm 118, verse 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Put your trust in the Lord. Put no confidence in man. Put your trust in the Lord. Don't put confidence in princes. Don't put your confidence and your trust in the pastors of this land any longer unless they are presenting to you the truth about the time that we live in. Unless they are presenting to you what Christ has, the teachings of Christ, and not adding and taking away anything from these teachings, be careful. Now here's, before the terrible day of the Lord, the time in which we're in, Christ's coming, everybody is thinking, oh, it's going to be a wonderful time, glorious, and, you know, everything's going to be hunky-dunky. I'm going to tell you something. Before that glorious day of the Lord comes, there is going to be great tribulation. Great tribulation. There's going to be tribulation. And then, after tribulation, great tribulation. And in great tribulation, there's going to be martyrdom of the members of the body of Christ in America. Great martyrdom in this country. The nations of the world are going to be praying for the Christians in America. And the Christians of the world are going to be suffering. But God's children that live outside of the boundaries of the United States of America are going to see the great Holocaust on the born-again children of God. Your pastors won't tell you that. It's too hard for the sheep to take. It's something they can't digest. It's something they can't handle. But I'm going to tell you, you can handle it. In yourself, no. In your weak soul, no. But with the power of the Holy Spirit, nothing shall be impossible. With the power of the Spirit of Almighty God upon you, you won't run from your duties. You won't run from what you have been called to do. You won't run from you, and we use this term destiny, you won't run from it. No. You will stand and you will be faithful. This is the power of the Holy Spirit that is inside of you. You have the God of the universe that created every star that is in the heavens, every molecule in every star that's in the heavens. 
This eternal God, this creator of all things, this individual that is the beginning and the end, he's the Alpha, he's the Omega, he was, he is, he will always be, this, this individual, this Godhead, this Almighty God, eternal God, resides inside of you if you are born again. If you're not born again, you just have religion. If you're not born again, you are deceived. If the Holy Spirit is in you, you are born again. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Colossians 1.27 a mystery hidden from mankind up to that time. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And because Christ is in you, nothing that is coming will shake you. Will it be difficult? Will it be maybe perplexing, overwhelming? Uh, will it cause you a little bit of anxiety, maybe a little stress? Well, we're human. We have a, an emotion. We have a soul. We have a mind. We can see things. There's natural fear. And sometimes we may just want to say, well, we just want to lay down and die. I know people that have just given up the ghost. They just decided they didn't want to live anymore, and they just died. I know people like that. They just died. For no reason. I'll give you an example. I was in the hospital, and there was a, a lady in the room on the same floor, a room just adjacent to mine and uh, I started to visit with her son she fell she's 60 roughly 60 years old she fell and broke her hip she rides a bike she runs she jogs she's active she and her son they travel she's a young woman 60 young she has everything going for her she's got she has well she's she's well off her son is a wonderful guy. I got to visit with him. She fell on a Sunday. And I met him on a Monday. And I met him on Tuesday and Wednesday. And every time I went by her room, her lights were off. And about the second day on Tuesday, uh, I said, how's your mom doing? Well, they're trying to get her to eat. They're trying to get her up, they want to get her mobile, uh, they operate on her hip, they want her to start working out already, but she's just, she says she's too tired, and she doesn't, you know, she's in pain, and Wednesday, she still hadn't, still in bed, I said, man, I mean, she's just a young woman, she should already be up, he goes, yeah, I know, and on Thursday, uh, I didn't see him till later in the day, and then I asked the nurse, and I noticed 
Well, finally, they, I, I went by the room. The room was empty. The lights were on. They were cleaning the room up. I thought, oh, they probably took her to rehab. And later that afternoon, I saw the son. I said, how's your mom? They take her to rehab? No, she died. I said, what? She died. So what do you mean she died? She just didn't want to live. That's what I mean. Sometimes people just give up the ghost. But if you haven't fulfilled what God has asked you to do, you don't want to be delinquent. You want to stand and wait on the Lord and let Him strengthen you, let Him give you the power of His might that I might know Christ and the power of his might. This is what Paul said. Paul was ready to go be with the Lord. But Paul eventually said, well, I want to go be with the Lord. I've, gone, I've had a hard time. It's been tough. I've been left for dead, shipwrecked, peril, starved, beaten, mistreated, abused, this guy was a victim. And I hear all these people today, nowadays, everybody wants to be a victim. Everybody's a victim. Oh, this and that and this and this and this, and I'm a victim. Well, I'll give you the 12 people that were victims and the God that they served who was a victim. Christ, now, if anybody had you know, or not a victim. Uh, if if anyone, anybody had a right or, or a reason to complain, it would have been Christ. There's a word I'm looking for. I'll find it. But he didn't complain. He went to the cross to fulfill his purpose. And the apostles... All but one was martyred. And even John was boiled in oil. How did that happen? That he was able to live through that, come out on the other side, psychologically whole. He didn't have a multi-personality disorder. Because this is the power of the God that lives inside of us. Paul should have had you know, multi-personality disorder. He should have had post-traumatic stress. How is it that these men didn't have those psychological conditions that we have today? They were the victims. I think the word I was looking for was victim. But they came out intact in their soul. Their mind, their, their emotion, and their will was intact. Their spirit, their heart, their intuition, and their conscience intact. Because of the power of the Holy Spirit. This is what the men of this nation need to be telling the children of God. You have 
the very God that created all things living in you. How magnificent is that? But the mind can't comprehend it. And Satan doesn't want the mind to comprehend it. Because if you can comprehend who you have in you, that with him nothing shall be impossible, can you imagine what kind of a servant you would be? This is the Christian this is the Christian life. This is what a Christian is. A true Christian. A believer. A born again individual with the, with the Holy Spirit inside of him. The man of this country. The. Boy, I'm. I'm. Uh, I, there are the men of this country in these positions of responsibility as pastors, as shepherds, teachers, many fine, great, godly men. I pull them out of the equation. I talk about those that are in the body that are false prophets false apostles, false teachers, errant, errant teachers. They are, they shouldn't be teaching. Many of the pastors are not even born again. They're, they're devil worshipers. In the pulpit, you have those that are not called by God in the pulpit. In the pulpit, you have those that are not even Christian. And the Members in the pews don't have the discernment to know. I could speak about, uh, let's say, I could teach on uh, all of the parts of a, of, a, of a motor, of a car, and not be a mechanic. These men can talk about all the things in the teachings of Christ and the Bible and knowledge and history and they're not really born again. And don't think that Satan doesn't send these people into the churches. Paul warned of it late in the book of Acts to the churches in Ephesus. He said, I've warned you day and night with tears that when I leave, when I depart, when I'm gone, when I'm not around, to watch what's coming in the door when I'm no longer with you I know already by observation Ephesus I know that you still don't have the the discernment that you need I've been with you three years I'm trying to get it into you that when I leave when I depart when I go some Though there are going to be those that come in, they're, they're from the other kingdom. They're not from the kingdom of heaven. They're not true born-again Christians. They're from the other kingdom. They're wolves. 
just the opposite of God is a shepherd. These men will be, will be wolves. And I know when I leave, because you still don't have that discernment, you still, and I'm, I'm frustrated, I'm pleading with you to learn the lessons, to understand what I'm saying. And Paul leaves, and what happens? They come in. People in the pews, the day of the Lord is coming. Now I'm going to shift from the pastors. I'm going to shift back and forth. Now I'll shift back to I'll shift to the people in the pews. Don't think because you're in an assembly, you are free because the pastor, you're going to lay your spiritual growth on him. Well, he didn't teach me. He taught me incorrectly. He didn't teach me the teachings of Christ. He didn't teach me the lessons. No. You are responsible for your own soul. Now that's a frightening thought, isn't it? That you, that every single Christian, regardless of how male, female, young, old, educated, uneducated, wealthy, poor, it doesn't matter. Born in America, born in India, born in Brazil, born in China, it doesn't matter. You are responsible for your own soul. It's like the clothes on your back. You're responsible for what is on, upon you. See, but the pastors won't tell you that. The scripture makes it very clear. What did Peter say in book of Acts, chapter 3? Save yourself from this wicked and perverse generation, because it's a generation that crucified Messiah, the culture, save yourself from this culture, a culture of death. Save yourselves. And then you have a shepherd that gave you eternal life, and you have to pray that he leads you to the right people that will assist to help you mature. But you can't just say, well, I... I'm going to be complacent about my growth, my Christian life, my spiritual growth. I'm going to, I'll just let somebody else handle that for me. In the day of the Lord, before that day, when he moves into his 1,000-year millennial kingdom, there's going to be a judgment seat. There's going to be a time when every single Christian will Go right before the judge, right before your advocate. He's the prosecuting attorney, and he's the defense attorney. Christ is both. He prosecutes, and he defends. But on that day, he's going to be your judge. And he's going to say, okay, let's look at your record. You were born again on this day. And let's just go right down 
to each year. Here's where you were. Here's what you did. Here's what you didn't do. Well, all these things that you did do that were were uh, added to my kingdom, you were building my kingdom, this is your portion. Everything else is going to be burned. Everything else is going to be discarded. You're going to suffer a little bit, but it's okay. You're going to be, you're going to remain. You're going to, it's not going to touch you and your eternal destiny. It's just going to touch what you built in your lifetime. What you, what you thought was important that was not me is going to burn. It's a fearful day, the day of the Lord. And because we're so close to the day of the Lord, this is the time now where you, the Christians living in America and the evangelical churches, the Catholic churches, Greek churches, you know where the, uh, apart from one of, one of these seven churches where there's pretty much a, a, a solid, in a sense, re, a solid reality to, to God himself, is in the Greek churches internationally, especially in Europe, Eastern Europe, Russia. There is a reality. There might be a lot of tradition, might be a lot of superstition, might be the clergy laity, but the Christian, the Christians in that, those churches, the Greek churches, there's a, there's a reality with them. There's, they know God in a, in, a, in a real way, in a real way. And they're, they're pious in, re, in a good way, not in a religious way. And then we in the evangelical churches, what a mess. What a mess. And you say, well, I know there, will be, there are those that are listening, they're saying, what are you talking about? Look, we are a great, great assembly. Yeah, we are greatly ap uh, apostate. This prophet says, this church in America, the evangelical churches, the last church in Laodicea, which is the evangelical churches, we are an apostate church. That's what this prophet says. What do your prophets say? What are the prophets of the land saying? They're saying, we're going to be a magnificent, mighty church. No, the family of God is going to be weak, emaciated, crippled, blind, naked, miserable, poor. That's what the scripture says. And they're saying, we're a magnificent, magnificent, marvelous church. And Christ says to the Laodiceans, or the, the angel says to John, write this down. Buy of me gold tried in the fire. That tried in the fire, it means tribulation. The tribulation coming, you're going to have an opportunity to buy what is divine, gold. You're going to be able to take what is eternal and take that eternal value and added to your your being, the divine nature of who God is through the work of the Holy Spirit in us, through the transformation 
that will take place in our soul. This is what that tried by of me gold tried in the fire. So I began the hour and I had to take, you know, like these, uh, I like to, people that are football players that are in the backfield, the, uh, what do you call them? Uh, the guys that carry the ball. Oh, I'm so far removed from sports, I can't even remember the terms. Like uh, Herschel Walker, the greatest running back ever in the history of mankind. I liked him more than anybody. Well, Herschel, and uh, pretty good, definitely. But when they get the ball, they're looking to see which way they're going to go. And they may begin to go left, and in a split second, they just hesitate. And in that split second, they have to decide to go continue that direction or to change direction. And at the beginning of the program, I said, Lord, which way, which way do I go? Because I'm heading this direction here, and I had to just hesitate. And the Lord said, no. You'll go that direction, but not right now. And I had to change directions, change course, a new strategy with a new thought, a new objective, because Christ is the master of ceremonies. He knows everyone listening to this program. He knows who you are. He knows where you are. He knows what is going to be the most important thing for you to hear. I'm going one way, and he changes the direction to take me another way. I had not planned to go the direction I'm going. I had no thought, not a, not a word as to anything that I presented to you other than we're going to have to go to a break, and when we get back, I'll finish. But initially... The middle verse of the Bible. Hi, this is Riley with Saddle Up in Gilcrest, Colorado. We are a Western saddle and tack shop, and we carry all the tried and true cowboy and equine brands in the industry. We carry brands such as McCall, Martin, and Billy Cook. We also carry a variety of horse tack items like saddle pads, head stalls, and much more. Visit our website to check out our whole catalog or visit us in store, 303-772-7821. Again, 303-772-7821. As the economy collapses, are you prepared to provide even basic essentials for your family? I teach Urban Survival Training course that arms you with hundreds of skills and hacks to keep you and yours going when everyone else gives up. Food and water are only the beginning. Call the Rev at 303-809-3343. That's 303-809-3343.
Hi, this is Vince Rivera with Serenity Painting. What's up, guys? Vincent is a veteran, a friend of mine, a Christian, and a great guy who implements customer service and integrity into every job that he does. If you're looking for a painter that doesn't cut corners, that actually shows up when he says he's going to show up, and does what he says he's going to do, look no further than Serenity Painting and Decorating. Gotspainter28 at gmail.com. 970-978-9565. Check out our customer reviews, Serenity Painting. Looks like you've been sleeping well. Megan, he's back. The my pillow guy. And you're looking good. I'm still feeling good. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, we've got the best pillow ever. My pillow 2.0. The best sleep just got even better. Whether you have a my pillow or not, you need to get the brand new my pillow 2.0. Call or go to mypillow.com now. Use your promo code KHNC. And for a limited time when you buy one, you'll get a second one absolutely free. Hi, this is Riley with Saddle Up in Gilcrest, Colorado. We are a Western saddle and tack shop, and we carry all the tried and true cowboy and equine brands in the industry. We carry brands such as McCall, Martin, and Billy Cook. We also carry a variety of horse tack items like saddle pads, head stalls, and much more. Visit our website to check out our whole catalog or visit us in store, 303-772-7821. Again, 303-772-7821. Trees make you feel good, so don't miss the Tree Farms Array of Tree Sale. Now through July 18th, save up to 35% on thousands of evergreen trees in all sizes. Choose from Arborvitae, Upright Juniper, Austrian Pine, Bosnian Pine, Bugle Pine, Scotch Pine, Limber Pine, Blue Spruce, Serbian Spruce, and more. The Array of Tree Sale. Come see. You take I-25 to exit 235, then five miles west to the tree farm. Hey folks, as a CBD user, I can attest to its effectiveness. And now my kind CBD products are available at the station. You'll see tinctures, salves, lotions, creams, coffee, cocoa, tea, and much more. You'll even find CBD retinol cream. KHNC also carries my kind pet products, including shampoo and tincture, allowing your best friend to enjoy the same benefits of CBD that you do. The best prices, the best quality, and all THC free. My kind CBD, CBD as nature intended. Are you prepared for a power outage? Never be left in the dark again. Wagner Electric has proudly partnered with Generac to provide long-lasting generators for your home. We have standalone and portable generators in stock now. So give us a call for a free estimate at 970-800-3693. If you are constructing or upgrading your home, trust our expert electricians to take care of your home the first time. We offer services for anything from wiring an unfinished basement to wiring a newly built pole barn. Your electrical system is the heartbeat of your home. So don't risk it and give us a call today to get started at 970-800-3693 or visit us at wagnerelectricco.com. We are located off Highway 85 in Greeley at 1517 2nd Avenue. Wagner Electric sets the standard. conscious and intelligent manipulation of the organized habits and opinions of the masses is an important element in democratic society. Those who manipulate this unseen mechanism of society constitute an invisible government, which is the true ruling power of our country. Edward Bernays, Propaganda, 1928. 
how much is our government hiding from us? What's the truth about COVID-19? Are climate engineering operations robbing our rain? If you want answers, tune into the commercial-free, non-political Global Alert News Hour, Sundays at 1 p.m. on KHNC 1360 AM. Hey, this is Rod from PCs and Parts in Loveland. We're your local computer and parts repair store. We have been in business for over 18 years, and we have been fixing computers and love doing that. If you're having anything with technical-related issues, come by and see us. To reach us, call us at 970-203-0696 or go to our website at PCsandparts.com. We'd love to talk to you about your particular problems. Hi, this is Sam Cheshire from Build Design America, letting you know that right now we are offering 36 months interest-free financing on all of your kitchen and bath or flooring needs. Come see us at 665 Furnage Road in Longmont, Colorado, or give us a call at 303-772-1202. Once again, that's 303-772-1202. Look forward to seeing you soon. The views and opinions expressed on KHNC are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Excursion Broadcasting Network. An August night and the leaves hanging down and the grass on the ground smelling sweet. Welcome back to the second hour of today's Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry Radio Church Program. I'm the founder of the Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry, Rick Rodriguez. Founded in 2001, June 2nd. In the first hour, I began with Psalm 118, verse 8, 9, 10, 11, and 12. Trust in the Lord. 
Put your trust in the Lord. Put your trust in the Lord. Put no confidence in man. Do not trust in governments. Do not trust in trust in the Lord. There are so many things you know what not to trust in. The things that the Holy Spirit reveals to you, do not put your trust in these things. Don't put your trust in them. Put your trust in the Lord. The second verses I began with are out of Hebrews chapter 12, verse 26. Whose voice then shook the earth, but now he is promised, saying one more time, I'm going to shake not the earth only, but also heaven. And God is going to shake the men who are the pastors of the churches, evangelical churches in America. They have to be shaken. The leadership has to be shaken. I've got two good examples for you. Because God is, I won't say that God is happy, that he is pleased with the way that the men who have been giving direction to the churches in America. I don't I can't say that God is pleased with the the the, the mass the, the great majority of them. I will say honestly, he is very displeased because these men have allowed the great apostasy to come in. And it's through these men that the great apostasy did come in. I see things that maybe I won't have time to explain to you. I am restricted to minutes. Yes, I have three hours. But the minutes in three hours, you can't believe how fast minutes go. I'm restrict, restricted to minutes. But I see, because I have lived from the time of my rebirth in 2000 and 1972, I have seen the changes in this country. When I gave my life to the Lord, when I, I met the Lord in 2002, I didn't consecrate my life to the Lord until two and a half years later. There's a big difference. I was born again, but I lived the way I wanted to live, the way I had always lived, the way I, my conduct was, it did not change. But the one day the Lord in a bar on a Friday, Saturday night, I'm having beers, and I'm talking about the Lord to a cousin and his girlfriend and a, a, a friend that was with me. No, 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 not a girlfriend, just a friend. And I'm talking about the Lord, and I'm excited, and I'm half drunk. Well, I'm maybe three quarters. Well, four fifths. Well, I'm 90, 90%. That I can maintain. And I'm talking about the Lord. And the friend says, you know, you're a hypocrite. I said, what? She said, yeah, you're a hypocrite. Here, you're talking about the Lord. But look at you. You're here, we're in a bar, you're drunk. 90%. And I had to think about that. Then the Lord gave me a verse out of the book of Luke. I was reading the little pocket New Testament. Why do you call me Lord and you do not the things I ask? 
those words jumped out of the Bible. They jumped right into my eyes, right into my heart. Why do you call me Lord and you do not the things that I ask? And I'm living like I used to live. Uh, then just soon after that, I got a verse. Be baptized. You must be baptized. To be baptized, I had to hitchhike from Longmont, Colorado, to Berkeley, California. And the night, the day I got there was on a Sunday at noon. That night, with about, I think, 10 other people, young people, hippies, my age, we were baptized in the fountain. We didn't have a baptismal. So we went to the UC California, the Berkeley, California fountain, set right on the corner, the southwest corner. And it's only about two and a half foot deep. But it's just deep enough to get my head underwater and they, everybody else. And we're baptized. We're baptized in the waters of baptism in a fountain in Berkeley, California, on the campus. Water is water. You don't have to go to the Jordan River in Israel. You don't have to be buried face down, face back, knee deep, a river. Water is water. The devil and the spirits know they don't care about the water. They just don't want you to be baptized because once you're baptized and you go under the water, all of your sins remain in the waters of baptism and you come out free from the sins of the past. They don't control you any longer. They have no hold on you, no power over you. And then sins that you commit from that point forward, you have the blood of Jesus Christ to wash you. So if you sin, you have the blood of Jesus Christ. So you can go out to say and decide, I'm going to sin tonight. So you sin and you know that you can plead the blood of Christ. You can, and you're, you're washed. I wouldn't recommend you do that intentionally, because uh, I don't think the Lord is going to be too happy with it. You don't need to try to sin. You just will sin naturally. It's just in your disposition. It's in your nature. It's just what man does. They just sin. You don't have to work at it. You don't have to go out and exercise and say, I'm going to sin today. No, it just happens because it's in your flesh. It's in your nature. But when you transgress, you can plead the blood of Jesus Christ and he's forgiven you and he's washed you. On that night, before I was baptized, everybody was standing up there. I was the last one to be baptized. I, I'm just listening to these guys and they'll stand up and give a little three or four sentence or a little small speech why they want to be baptized, why the Lord told him to get baptized. I think, wow, that's kind of cool. So I didn't know what to say. So I got up on the edge of the fountain there, and I said, well, and I really wasn't talking to the crowd in a sense, because I knew that I was being obedient to the Lord to be baptized. It was kind of a, kind of a real reality time with 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 the Lord and myself and I said I just told the I just told everybody there I said Lord I had the first 25 years of my life 
I'm going to give you the rest. And I consecrated myself. I meant that. With every fiber of my being, I meant I will give the rest of my life to the Lord Jesus. And whatever he wants of me, wherever he wants to take me, whatever's in my future that is in his hand, I will accept it. I consecrated myself to him that night, which is what many of you have not done. You're his, you've been his, he's helped you, he's blessed you, he's kept you, but you've never consecrated yourself to him. You've never said, Lord, you own me. You own me. I don't own myself. You own me. And so I give my life to you. I wasn't married. Maybe I'll get married. For the most part, I was raised Catholic. No, Catholics don't get married. They stay celibate. That was in my concept. Tradition. So anyhow. But I made it. The Lord read my heart. The Lord knew what I said. My life is yours. You take me wherever you want to take me. I'm yours. And I'm in Berkeley with a little church group that baptized me that night. And the very next day, two days later actually, on Tuesday, that was a Sunday night, on Tuesday, the Lord gave me a verse out of the book of Luke. No man will leave father, mother, sister, brother, wife, children to follow me. And I started laughing because I knew the Lord was so real. And I laughed and I laughed. And I stopped laughing and I looked at the verses again. No man will leave father, mother, sister, brother, wife, children to follow me. To follow me. And I started laughing and I laughed and I just kept laughing. And I thought, Lord, this is crazy. You know I'd follow you wherever. I look back at the verse, no man. I didn't read any further, no man. And I, I stopped. It shocked me. I stopped laughing. The Lord said, no man. I said, what? No man. No man will leave father, mother, sister, brother, wife, children to follow me. I believe that's the verse. I believe I'm quoting it correctly. And I knew instantly I wasn't going back to Colorado. I knew I was going to stay in that little fellowship in Berkeley, California. Two days later, two days earlier, I'm sorry, I said, Lord, I had the first 25 years, you get the rest. And he already began already began. And then from that time to this day, it's been, I've stayed in class. I've stayed in wherever God wanted me to be. I've been to class. I've been faithful. I may have been tired, but I've tried to always be to class with all of these experiences that I had to go through, all the different teachings, all these different places, 
I tried to, I knew, I've always had the thought that God is always teaching me something new. This is why Christ is new every day. Never old. He's always new. He's always fresh like the man of the children of Israel had to survive on. Every day, Christ is new. He's fresh. But I have a portion for one day at a time. So do you. You have one day, and Christ in that day is your portion. This is the portion that you need to pay the most attention to. We pay attention to many other things, but as time goes on, we realize the most important portion, the most important experience is what Christ is teaching you in that day. When this this mighty God visits you in that day. When God decides to visit, uh, you should be elated. You should be ecstatic. You should be overjoyed. God visited me. The Holy Spirit spoke to me. He gave me direction. You pray for things, and you get an answer to your prayer, and you go, oh, yeah, well, well, that was an answer to prayer. No, you need to stop, and you need to think, whoa, I asked for this, and he answered my prayer. Lord, you just visited me. Thank you. Thank you. You visited me. You answered my prayer. Thank you. I'll give you another example. I'm the kind of person with my family, with other friends that I pray with. We had a marvelous, marvelous spring. Did you thank God for the great, great spring that we had here in 2003? You may have gone through many different experiences, negative, positive. But now you're out of the spring, you're into the summer. Thank God he got you through the spring. Thank God he met you. Thank God he was with you. He revealed himself to you. It was a fabulous, fabulous period of time. The spring of 2003. Fabulous. Marvelous. Fantastic. We thank God for these things like this. And we're grateful. Full of thanksgiving. You don't think that the holy angels will come to listen to what you're talking about? You start praising the Lord. You start praising this mighty, magnificent God that lives in you. The angels will come running. Why? Because that's what they do. He's so magnificent. Praise is on their lips every second of every day. They don't ever get tired. They're just in worship. And when we, fallen creatures, full of sin, things that come out of our mouth, they, they plug their ears, but then when we start praising our mighty God, 
and worshiping him in a real way, oh my gosh, they come running and they join in. As we're praising, praising, as we're thanking, and as we're so elated, they're just as elated. They're just as, they can't believe this fallen creature made out of dirt is praising the God of heaven. They're ecstatic. We should be that way. And we are. I know there are many of you that are just absolutely just caught in the power of the God that you worship. But every day he comes to visit and every day he's the manna. Every day he's the one who sustains us. He keeps us. Every day he's the one we feed on. Every day he's the one we look to, we look for, we hope to visit with. This magnificent creator And he made a decision that we would live in the greatest time of all times. We could have lived 2,000 years ago, which was a fabulous time, but not the greatest. Now, we live in the greatest time. We live in the, the, the most magnificent time ever, because now is when God is going to reveal all of the things that have been hidden for his people to see. What has been sealed is going to be unsealed. Open the seals. This is the time when everything is going to be revealed. So then, we're in the spring. Now the spring has ended. And we thank God. We say, Lord, thank you for a marvelous, marvelous spring. Look at all the rain we got. But Lord, now we thank you for a wonderful summer. Thank you we're in the summer. And this summer is going to be the best summer we've ever had. The summer of 2023, in spite of the world falling down, in spite of chaos, mayhem, madness, insanity, evil, wickedness, in spite of it all, this is going to be a magnificent summer of 2023. Have you praised God like that? The angels will come running. The angels will come and join in. Open your mouth. He'll fill your mouth with praise. He'll fill your mouth with worship. He'll be pleased. The angels will be pleased. Your heart will be full of joy. And you'll you'll sense the mighty power of God Almighty in your spirit. You'll sense and you'll say, Lord, thank you. You called me at this time. The hardest time ever in the history of mankind is coming, but you 
gave me life and you called me to this time to stand, to be part of a great shaking and I will stand. In spite of the shaking, I will stand. When you start to pray like this, He will be with you. He will be with you. He will meet every need that you have. We're going to go to a break here in about 2 minutes and 22 seconds. And God is going to shake. We cannot avoid the shaking that's coming. We can't. And the children of God, if you don't have a fellowship, you still have God. You still have the Word. And you still have the ability to pray and ask God to surround you with people that are like-minded, that are consecrated to God and that want to know the truth, God will give you the discernment you need to find where you need to be. But even then, your trust must be in the Lord. Your trust must be in Him. And when we get back, I have two testimonies to give you. The shaking the shaking, and how God shakes. He must shake. That's what He does. His ways never change. He stays on the same path with all generations. When God's people became a little bit complacent, He would have to shake things. It used to be that whenever it was time for Him to heal somebody, he would stir the water, shake the water, and whoever ended up in that water first was healed. The waters are being shaken. The waters of the Holy Spirit are being shaken. You better, you have all the time you need to get in. God wants to shake your life. He wants to make you more productive and give you reality like you've never understood and make you more productive than you've ever been in your whole life, regardless of your age. Doesn't matter. The Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit. He can do whatever He wants. Rick Rodriguez, Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry. We'll be back. Wagner Electric has the generator to meet your needs. Call now for a free estimate. 970-800-3693. We have everything from standalone generators to portable generators in stock. There is also financing available. We also have an outstanding service department that will offer anything from wiring a pole barn to wiring in new smart switches to create a smart home, as well as electrical inspections. Please call us at 970-800-3693 or visit us at our website at Wagner Electric. CO.com. We are located at 1517 2nd Avenue in Greeley. Wagner Electric sets the standards.
happy day. Oh, a happy day. When Jesus walked. Oh, when he walked. When Jesus walked. Well, I'm pretty excited about him. I'm very excited. I don't get excited about too many things in life. But I do get excited about the Lord Jesus. Every day, every day, you should expect the Lord's going to visit. Every day. Not tomorrow, not next week, once a month. Every day. I'm trying to emphasize. I don't think you're hearing me. Every day. Not once in a while. Every other day. Every day. He is the manna. He's the bread of life. He's the water of life. He's everything that you need. You have access to Him every day. The water of life. When you drink the Holy Spirit, you get life. With the bread of life. He is the bread of life. And daily as you're praying with Him and eating Him, praying and praising and worshiping, acknowledging He's the bread of life. You're being fed. You're being fed. You're being strengthened by the power of who He is, by the power of His might. I'm excited every day. Not some days, every day. I'm excited in the middle of the night when I wake up. I'm excited because you'll have me pray for somebody about something. I'm excited in the daytime. I'll be minding my own business and he'll visit me and ask me to pray for somebody. Or he'll give me insight into something that I didn't know. This is what is available to each one of God's children. A God that is so real, so mighty, so powerful, that you just become a different person. Two testimonies. God is going to shake. I'm telling you, I know, the Holy Spirit has told me He doesn't lie to me. He doesn't lie. He won't tell you an untruth. He'll tell you the truth. He won't mislead you. He'll tell you the truth. He's going to shake the pastors of the land. He's very offended with many of these men. The ones that you know. I could start I can start naming right down the list. And you'll be offended with me because I even mentioned their names. But they're great men of God. No, God will decide if they're great men or not. 
if they're great men and they're teaching the teachings of Christ, they're great men. If they are in these positions of responsibility and if they are servants, they are great men. If they've been faithful, they're great men. God will decide. But God will shake what can be shaken. He's going to shake. That's what he does, what can be shaken. Now, two testimonies. I have a friend that I met years ago, beginning of, uh, oh, probably 20, 207, 8, 9, right in that vicinity of time, in Scottsdale. The name is Herman. He's with a fellowship, and it's a unique fellowship in Scottsdale. They're very wealthy, a lot of money. And the fellowship that I was with in California, it began to come apart. It still exists today, but many people left, and some, my pastor and others that I knew that were, were uh, in the leadership positions, ended up in Scottsdale. We are very inner life, very, very subjective experiences of who Christ is. Another example, he's the bread of life. You eat the bread of life when you pray, when you praise, when you worship. You're eating the bread of life. When you're praying and worshiping in spirit, you're drinking the water of life, inner life. Not talking about healings and those things. I'm talking about inner life. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit within. Having your mind renewed through the washing of the water of the word. Washing your garments with the blood of Jesus Christ every day. Every day you need a Passover. Every day you need the blood of Jesus Christ because the death angel is coming to afflict you, to kill you. So you need a Passover. You need the blood of the Lamb to protect you from the death angel. Every day is the Feast of Tabernacles. Christ wants to dwell with you. You are dwelling in Him. These feasts, yes, they are, we celebrate them throughout the year, every year. But with me, the feasts are every day. Every day I tabernacle in Christ. Every day my being is in Him. I live in Him. I move in Him. And every day He moves in me. I'm in Him. He's in me. This is the fellowship I came out of. Well, some of these brothers end up in Scottsdale. Well, there is a group of people that down there that these people, as they assemble, there's these people are Pentecostal. They cast out spirits. They pray for the sick. They get healed. They pray for the blind. They get they see. They're Pentecostal. And the two groups, they kind of merge together, which was kind of like, you know, uh, putting a lion 
with the lamb. The lion basically eats the lamb. The lamb is too dumb to note he's in the vicinity of the lion. Well, these two are kind of, that's, I don't know if that's a good example or not, but they're together. So the, there's, a pa, there's a brother, and he was a, a brother that was in the band Petra. One of these days, if I'm led, if, I can, if he would like to, I'd like to have him on. I'll just say his name is Steve. And I met Steve through this friend Howard. And my wife and I, her mother, lived in Phoenix, East Phoenix. And uh, so you have Steve. He comes in. He's with them for like two years. And he'd never heard of the indwelling spirit. He's Pentecostal. He never really, the way I understand it, he really didn't understand the, the abiding side of the experiences of the believer. Abide in Christ and he in you. Ask what you will. It'll be done unto you. Eat my, drink my blood. Eat my flesh. It seems kind of strange, but it's an experience. When you're in the Holy Spirit, you are drinking and you are eating Christ. Well, the Pentecostals are learning the abiding side of the Christian life. And those who are the abiding types, the church I came out of, we didn't do casting out demons. We didn't pray for healings, the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, all of the things Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 12. We didn't. That wasn't our world. Gift of tongues, these things. But the two are living together. These two groups. And their God is so wise. So while the Pentecostal side is learning the abiding lessons, those on the abiding side are learning the Pentecostal lessons. And they're starting to understand the giftings and the power of the giftings and why the giftings are needed. Well, then eventually, the friend Steve, who was Pentecostal, who has now learned, the Lord, Herman tells me one day that there's been Oh, they're just not getting along. Things have changed. And that uh, he's afraid there's going to be a split. Well, the Lord just showed me that... Well, I'll, I'll tell you what I told Howard. I said, Howard, I know this is going to seem strange to you. But I said, Howard, you're looking at this split that's coming in a negative way. But Howard, I want to tell you something. These two joined together. Now they have to go back into the world that God called them. And with the abiding, the, the believers that are the abiding side, they are going to also take with them the reality 
of the giftings of the Holy Spirit into where the Lord takes them. The Pentecostals who have the Pentecostal side that have learned the abiding side are going to take the deeper things of the abiding principles with them. I said, you see it as negative, but I see the Lord is going to pollinate. And it may seem negative to you, but it's not negative. God chooses what he's going to do. Not all divisions are of God. I'm not saying that. But in this case, this was something that was planned by the Lord to further his kingdom and the understanding with the Pentecostals of the importance of abiding and with those that are the abiding group, the, the importance of the giftings. Both are given to the church. Both are needed. One is important, yes, but the other is important also. Why? If, if they weren't important, Paul would not have written to the Corinthians about the gifts and in Romans, and in, uh, where was the other? Romans and Corinthians. I think a little bit in Ephesians, too. It's important. Maybe not Ephesians, I can't remember. And sure enough, the split came. And I said, Howard. Then he's saying, well, I don't know. I think my wife and I are going to go back to Oklahoma. And I said, Howard, this is exactly by design. Because, Howard, wherever you go, you will start something. He goes, well, I don't know. I said, no, Howard, listen to me. You started before you came into the churches we were part of. You were in the Pentecostal world, you and your wife. He goes, well, we were. I said, but once you came into our this other world the pastor would not allow the giftings. They, they, he didn't like them. That's true. I said, but Howard, you were already in the Pentecostal side, and you were, the, 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 the giftings were demonized in where we had been. But now the Lord is going to take you out of both, and you're going to go back to Oklahoma, and wherever you go, you will start a little fellowship. I talked to him six weeks later, six months later. His wife had gone because the daughter lived there in Oklahoma City somewhere. She had a baby. Grandma wanted to be with the daughter and the grandbaby. They made a move back to Oklahoma. That's just the way it is. Grandmas and grand granddaughters and grandchildren. Grandpa's, hey, okay, okay, yeah, that's good. But grandma's, oh, forget it. Then they live in an apartment complex and within just a few weeks he had a little bible study going on in his apartment i said hey howard sounds like uh, that's exactly what the lord wanted huh and he goes oh this is fabulous i'm excited we're having a great time i said that's what you do what you do so god is going to shake and he shook there in scottsdale and in that experience, in this testimony, it was because God knew the two had to go out uh, into, into their own worlds once again. 
the Pentecostals. We're going to go into the Pentecostal world, but with the teachings of abiding. And the other group, the fundamentalists, we're going to go into the world, but with the knowledge and the importance, uh, the knowledge of the importance of the giftings. So see how God works it. Now, I had a friend who passed away a year ago, a little over a year ago, Ron Perry. Ron Perry, a great brother. Uh, his grandfather was godly. His father was godly. Uh, he was godly. His father, Nate, was the first charismatic or Pentecostal ever to speak at Notre Dame. And it was the, because he knew the giftings and he had the power of the giftings, the nuns at Notre Dame, they asked him and they pressured the bishops or the cardinals or whoever it was to invite him to speak. And Ron's father, Nate, spoke there, I believe it was three times. And I mean, this is a Catholic, Catholic as you can get. I mean, it's pretty Catholic. I don't understand how I can explain to the audience how Catholic Notre Dame is. But the nuns were able to persuade the cardinals to allow Nate to speak, and it was fabulous. Well, then Ron, he began his ministry. He used to drive his father around all over the country. And then one day the Lord called Ron to ministry, and he and his father both continued in their ministries, but just two different legs. And Ron said that uh, he was invited to Nashville. I don't remember, point in the 80s. And he said, so one of the pastors down there, one of the big churches that had the, he said the funniest thing, he said this is where the musicians, the country folk used to go to this big church. And he said, it was the strangest thing. I got up there to minister for a couple of days, I guess. He was doing the Sunday program. And he said, looking right down the middle, he said, on the left, you have all of the country western singers. And on the right, you have just the general membership, which they're all pretty well off. But they didn't mingle together. So the performers on one side, general population on the other. He said, brother, that's just the way it is. I said, ah, I, I understand. And he said, and so I, you know, I was up there and I was giving my presentation. And he said, a great church. I'd been there before many times. The pastor and I, he'd always invite me back. And he said, and so I began my sermon. And he said, all of a sudden, I just thought, well, he said, well, brother, he says, you know, I said something that uh, the Lord just took me a new direction. And I'm looking at the audience. And I said, well, you know, God has blessed everybody here. And you have been faithful to the Lord. You come every week. You, you're the good believers. You're, you're great assembly. He says, but God is going to shake some things up. He says, in a year from now, he says, starting now, God is going to give all of you freedom. He's going to give you more freedom. 
when you come to church, you are careful what you do during the week because you know there's going to be church members watching. And you're you're not drinking and you're not carousing and you're being careful. And he said, but God's going to give you some freedom. And he said, and you're not going to be able to handle it. You think that you're mature and you can handle freedom. You think you can handle being apart from the assembly, that you'll be able to just continue the lifestyle you're living when you have people watching. He said, but a year from now, or he said, but God is going to give you freedom and you're not going to handle it. You're not going to be able to handle it. Those of you that used to be alcoholics, you're going back to alcoholism. You who have been drug addicts, you're going back to your drugs. Those of you who have been adulterous, you're going back to your adultery. And he said, everybody just stunned. He said, he said, but the Lord wanted me to tell you that. You're going to, he's going to give you freedom, but you don't have the maturity for that freedom. He said, I went ahead and sat down and the pastor got up there and finished, concluded the, the, uh, the uh, service. He said, the brother came over to me and said, Brother Perry, he says, you better come with me. He said, he took me in the back, went to his desk, reached in his deck, got a big handful of money. He said, this is the offering. I wanted to give you this. He said, now what I want you to do, Brother Perry, this is the back door. You got to go out that door, get to your, get to your vehicle, get out of here because these people are upset. They are, they want to hang you. He goes, what? He goes, yep. He said, these people are very upset. I don't know what you did, but uh, I know my congregation. They're not happy. So brother, here, please, here, here's the gift. I wanted to give you a little, little extra. Please go out the back door, leave. And he said, I thought, well, this is kind of strange. He said, I went out, my wife and I and my son, we got in the car and we took off. He said, a year later, I followed up with the pastor. He said, Brother Perry, I don't know what you were thinking when you gave that, that, that uh, service a year ago, but I want to tell you what happened. The men that used to be alcoholics went back to their alcoholism. These are country singers, the top. Those that were into the drugs went back to the drugs, not just the country singers, but the other half of the congregation too. He says, and the people that were promiscuous, they went back to their promiscuity. This, this is crazy. Ron, Ron gave me that testimony. And I say this, that God is going to shake things up. God is going to shake up the churches in this country. Some because he has to for the better of the kingdom of heaven. The others, he's going to shake it up to expose that these people that thought they had depth in Christ had no depth. Now I'll say this. We're going to end this hour. The podcasts, you're not going to remember everything. You probably didn't come to, you're not going to be able to, to stay for a full three hours. But you're able to go to the podcasts on 1360khnc.com to the Olive Tree site for today, July 2nd. This is kind of a unique program today.
Tell your friends, your family, God is going to shake the churches in this country. Good and bad. Some have to be separated so that they can further the kingdom of heaven. Others are going to be separated and shaken because they are bringing shame to the name of Jesus Christ. But I'm here every Sunday, 9 to noon, here on 1360 KHNC, the AM radio, and the podcasts again are 1360KHNC.com, streamed every, every Sunday. And then you can go to the podcast. And my contact information is P.O. Box 872, Olive Tree Ministry, P.O. Box 872, Longmont, Colorado, 80502. Olive Tree Ministry, P.O. Box 872, Longmont, Colorado, 80502. God loves his people. He loves his churches. He's going to have a church that is without spot and wrinkle. The whole church, no, a segment, a portion. This is Mike Morris, owner of Warriors Revolution Tactical in Longmont. At Warriors Revolution, we have the largest selection of tactical gear and ammo in northern Colorado. But what many people may not know is that we now sell firearms. And even despite the recent run on firearms and ammunition, we have plenty of product in the store, including ARs, AKs, Glocks, SIGs, HK, and more. And don't forget all the bulk ammunition at the best prices in town. Need to do a private firearms transfer? We can do that, too. I am a veteran of the United States Marine Corps and our team is made up of veterans and security experts, not a bunch of salesmen. Our team is trained and fought with much of the actual equipment we sell. And one thing you should know is that we support the foundations and principles this great country was founded upon. So if you need tactical gear, ammo, firearms, AR parts or upgrades, and even survival accessories, stop by and visit us on Ken Pratt Boulevard and Bowen Street in Longmont, or visit warriorsrevolution.com. That's warriorsrevolution.com. You can buy gold just about anywhere in the world from all kinds of different dealers. So why do you use the Patriot Trading Group? 20 years of service, just like that. A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, just like that. Lowest prices, just like that. No solicitation. You're listening to the Roar like of the Rockies, that. KHNC, 1360 AM, Johnstown, Greeley, Loveland, Fort Collins. It is not because men have made laws that life, liberty, and property exist. On the contrary, it is because life, liberty, and property existed beforehand that men made laws in the first place. What then is law? It is the collective organization of the individual right to lawful defense and punishing injustice. Frederick Bastiat, The Law. Power surges and lightning bolts can cause damage to your electronic devices. A EMP attack can fry everything, leaving everyone looking like the Flintstones. But don't let that happen. Go to EMPShield.com and enter KHNC in the promo code box. EMP Shield can keep you secure and running when no one else can. American-made electronic protection. Again, put KHNC in the promo box. EMPShield.com 
Hey friends, Freddie Freeman here. A wise man by the name of Ben Franklin once said, by failing to prepare, you are preparing to fail. So go to 1360KHNC.com and click the Patriot Supply button and make sure you're prepared. With plenty of survival products from emergency survival food, water filtration systems, survival coffee, and more, My Patriot Supply has got the perfect gifts for you. Just click that Patriot Supply button only on 1360KHNC.com. This is Clay with Wagner Electric Company. We're out of Greeley. We're here to promote our Generac and Cummins standby generators and our service to the community with any electrical needs. We're located at 1517 2nd Avenue in Greeley, 970-800-3693. The biggest thing that we want to promote is that we set the standard and we're here to support you and your needs. 970-800-3693. Saddle Up in Gilcrest, Colorado. We are a Western Saddle and Tack Shop, and we carry all the tried and true cowboy and equine brands in the industry. We carry brands such as McCall, Martin, and Billy Cook. We also carry a variety of horse tack items like saddle pads, head stalls, and much more. Visit our website to check out our whole catalog or visit us in store 303-772-7821. Again, 303-772-7821. Hey, this is Mike Ramsey, Ramsey Auto Group, with Steve Pardue. 6175 West 10th Street, Greeley is our new address. Phone number is 970-443-5654. We specialize in used trucks and sport utility vehicles, but mainly trucks. We have extended our hours on Saturdays to 10 to 3 and Monday through Friday, 930 to 530. Serving the Greeley community and the surrounding areas, but we are really proud to call Greeley our home. 970-443-5654-6175 West 10th Street in Greeley. Hey, Chris Lewis here with My Favorite Gunsmith at MyFavoriteGunsmith.com, 970-776-0258. At My Favorite Gunsmith, all I do is repair firearms. I love freedom more than guns, but the only thing that separates a free man from a slave is firearm ownership. I would only add that it needs to work. All of my guns work. Do yours? Find out, 970-776-0258, My Favorite Gunsmith at MyFavoriteGunsmith.com. That's 970-776-0258. A lot of radio stations can boast about having two, three, even 500,000 listeners. But what they don't tell you is that their average listener only listens for four minutes. And if they're listening to music, they're constantly changing the channel. Same old boring commentary. Or as soon as a commercial starts playing, they change the station. Here at 1360 KHNC, our listeners listen longer, a lot longer. We have some of the longest continuous listener minutes in the industry. That means our listeners don't change the dial as soon as a commercial starts playing because they don't want to miss one second of their favorite programs. Advertise with AM 1360 KHNC and have your message heard. Call us at 970-587-5003. We have the best rates in Colorado. So call us at 970-587-5003 or 1360KHNC.com. At Life Choices, we are helping women and men choose life and create stable futures for their children. You can help avoid the loss of another life by going to lifechoices.org or call 303-651-2050, extension 116, and donate. Make a difference and be a part of God's work by creating a better future for kids and families. Lifechoices.org or 303-651-2050 
extension 116. As 1360 continues to grow, we want to know what our listeners think. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. Give us your feedback. Go to 1360KHNC.com and hit the contact button and give us your thoughts. The Rev here. Life can deal some crushing blows. Renew, refresh, and restore your spirit. Join us every Sunday as Pastor Keith reveals the joy of knowing God through the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We gather at the Old Severance Town Hall at 10 o'clock, located at 4th Avenue and 1st Street in Severance, to hear God's inspiration. Come and be part of our family. We look forward to meeting you. KHNC is proud to carry My Kind CBD products. Products include cocoa, top-shelf tinctures, hemp salve, moisturizing lotions, and retinol cream. They also have pet tincture, and hemp shampoo for a healthy coat and skin. To see all the CBD products we carry, visit the station at 2 South Parish or check us out online. Go to 1360KHNC.com. Click on the shop button. The views and opinions expressed on 1360 KHNC are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Excursion Broadcasting Network. Welcome to the third hour of today's Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry Radio Church Program. I'm your host, Rick Rodriguez. My contact information is Olive Tree Ministry, P.O. Box 872, Longmont, Colorado, 80502. And the podcasts for the program... 1360khnc.com to the Olive Tree site. You also can go to the Present Truth site. I host the Present Truth program Monday through Friday 
2 to 3, bring you world current events with biblical background, insight from the scripture, and then here on Sunday, 9 to noon. I was considering taking the 4th of the 4th of the uh, 4th of July holiday weekend off but God had a different plan and uh, it was his desire that I be here live and now I know why because God wants his people to know his great love for his church for his people great great love very, he's very offended with the shepherds of the land that won't give the sheep the finest that has been offered to them through the teachings of Christ, through the prophets of the Old Testament, the writers in the Old Testament, the apostles in the New Testament. God's children are being robbed of the best nutrition the finest teachings, the best that God had for his people. Especially important for this time that we're in right now. If we build on a foundation that is made of sand, non-teachings of Christ, sand are the teachings that are not Christ. What you have built is going, not, it will not stand the demonic spiritual war that's coming. The people that have built their foundation on the teachings of Christ, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, you've built your, your houses, your, your world, your life on the teachings of Christ. Nothing that comes at you is going to tear down and destroy what you who you are your faith your faith won't be touched yeah you're going to hear the the racket the noise you're going to experience the attacks of the devil but to no avail your house what you have what you your life will stand you'll stand firm and in the last hour, I gave two examples of division in the church. Sometimes God allows it to further the kingdom of heaven. Other times, he allows problems in an assembly to expose the religion that has no power. And you'll have to go back to the second, you have to go back to the second hour, listen to those examples. The second example Nashville, Tennessee, all of the musicians, the important people in music, and the wealthy people in the city that were they cohabitated in the same congregation. This brother friend of mine, Ron Perry, gave a sermon to that group saying that God is going to give them freedom like they've never experienced, but that freedom, they're not going to be able to handle it and those who were at one time alcoholics would go back to their alcoholism, alcoholism. Those who were drug addicts would go back to their 
drug addictions, those that were promiscuous in adultery would go back to that type of living and other things. And the pastor, after the, meet, after the sermon was over, the pastor of the congregation gave Ron a, some, a handful of, I, I gave him a gift and said, go out the back door, get in your vehicle and leave because this group wants to go to hang you. I can read that they are not happy with what you just said because they considered themselves to be deep Christians. They felt they could handle anything. Alcohol, no problem. Drugs, no problem. Uh, sex sins, no problem. They considered themselves to be mature. A year later, Ron found out that most of that congregation had gone back. Those that were caught in their sins went back to their sins and you didn't see their faces in the congregation anymore. That's what false religion, this is what the pastors that don't know what they're doing, this is what they have no power, they have no reality of the Holy Spirit, and all they can do is give a form of religion without power, no power, powerless. And so, if you're in an assembly and you just have religion and you don't have the reality of who the Lord is, you're going to go back to what you came out of. Denying the power thereof. This, you better have the power of the Holy Spirit as you go into the future. Because without the power of the Holy Spirit, you're not going to be able to stand what's coming. You're not going to be able to handle it. And the men of this country, most of them, are not telling the children of God in this country what's coming. This prophet is. I didn't self-choose what I was to be. I didn't ask for anything. I was told I didn't go get a piece of paper that had a title on it. This was not my intention. But the Lord told me, I've given you abilities. And for the sake of my kingdom and for the sake of my people, you present to my people what I put in your mouth. That's what I'm doing. I, uh, I'm going to read something out of Galatians quickly. There is a war coming between the pastors of the land and the pastors of the land. You had the same kind of a war with the children of Israel during the time of King David. You had Saul and David. Saul was building the kingdom of Saul. And that's what's happened with many pastors in this world in the land today. They're working together to build a kingdom that they can oversee. But it's not God's kingdom. It's not God's work. It's not God's doing. They're deceived. But then there are the Davids in the land. Their objective is to bring in God's eternal kingdom and to present this eternal kingdom 
to God's children. The day of the Lord is coming. His kingdom. A thousand year period of time. He will be the Lord of the earth. But before he becomes the Lord of the earth, there's going to be hardship. There's going to be war. And within the body of Christ, there's going to be a war. Now, this is Satan's. This is what Satan wants to do. He wants to deceive the members in the body to follow the wrong shepherds. It's a war about shepherds. I'm telling you the truth. Saul, he was going to keep handle the. He he wanted the control of the kingdom when he was already warned that the kingdom is going to be taken out of his hand. And he fought David because David was the one anointed by the Holy Spirit to establish the kingdom. In this land right now, there are two groups. Those who are going to establish the kingdom of heaven through the teachings of Christ, the truth of the teachings, the reality of theology and true theology and their understanding of eschatology and the way that God is going to the sequences of how prophecy is going to be fulfilled. And the souls of the land are going to resist and fight it and deceive many believers that their view is God. And the believers will be bewitched. They will be deceived. A spell on their mind You don't have to believe me. There's a war taking place already. God said there's going to be shaking. The shaking has already begun in the leadership, in the pastorship, in the assemblies of the shepherds. And the sheep are going to try to have to decide who is, who has the spirit, who has the spirit of the world, has a, a different spirit. This is where the discernment is going to have the discernment of God's children is going to have to be so sharp. And even Jonathan, Saul has his servants. But even those servants that are going to inherit the kingdom that Saul has built, like Jonathan in a principle. Jonathan knew that his father was not the true king. Many in that assembly of these false Sauls, in the kingdom of the Sauls, there are many that are going to see who really is going to establish the kingdom, the Davids. And though they have to, in a sense, be loyal to their father, they will warn the Davids. But David has been anointed, ordained by God. The men of this land that have been ordained to be the Davids. God is with them. God's hand will be upon them. God will protect them. God will establish them. The others will be exposed. The souls of the land. There is an individual that's coming. 
Antichrist and the children of the world are going to gather these people together like branches off of a tree. They're going to be burned. They're going to be removed. And their names are going to, when you hear their name, like uh, Ravi Zacharias, after his death, Ravi Zacharias, we find out the truth. It's involved in sex, her sex uh, matters. You don't have to believe me. I don't ask you to believe me. I know what's in the scripture. I'm presenting what's in the scripture that I can be tested. And this is one thing that many of the shepherds don't want. They don't want to be tested because they know if they're tested, they won't stand the test. They'll be exposed. Their teachings will be revealed. They'll step down in shame. They'll just disappear. I'm going to tell you, many are going to just retire. Many of the men who have been bewitching the Christians of this land to believe that there is a pre-trib rapture, these men, many of them, don't have the integrity. They will not come out and admit they were wrong. They will. They won't. I mean, they are wrong, but they will never admit they're wrong. They'll just retire. They have no integrity. They have no shame. I see it in the scripture what's coming. I'm telling you what's coming. This is why I ask you. Tell your family members. Tell your friends. Because God wants his children to know what is happening and what's going to happen. with the shepherds of the land, with the souls, those who have had power in the kingdom and they don't want to relinquish that power. They don't want that power out of their hands. They will fight David. They will throw spears, javelins. They will hunt him down. They'll hunt in the caves, in the hills, And it will be the devil that will use these people to try to persecute the Davids that God is going to use to bring in his, his kingdom and establish his kingdom. God said he would. Christ said that we are to proclaim the kingdom is at hand. I say, reach out 10, 10, 10 years. We're going to be in eternity. Less than maybe less than 10 years. Things are going to happen very quickly. When the season for Antichrist to be revealed, when that season comes, things are going to happen that fast. And it's going to boggle the minds of the Christians. They're not going to be able to interpret it. It's going to happen. But in the meantime, God is going to shake the churches of the land. And how is he going to shake the churches of the land? He's going to use the government. He's going to use 
the children of the devil. I don't know all the tools God will use, but he's going to shake it. Saul, the time of the Saul's to be exposed is now. They've had the kingdom of heaven in their hand, the churches under their control. And these are the big ones that you see, the big names that you... You can't even go into some of the Christian radio stations unless you have a big mega church. For me to try to get on those stations, it would be pointless. They have a... They have a... Uh, these big broadcasting companies, they have a code. So, so this is why initially when I began my ministry in radio, it was in Las Vegas, Nevada, KKVV, 1060. Because I pay as you go. I call some of the other stations. No, no. You have to, you, you, we don't take anything. You, we don't pay. You have to have a big ministry. I said, well, that ain't right. But that's the game. That's the name of the game. But God is, has his David's. And these Davids are the ones who the Jonathans will help. The Jonathans will know that the Sauls have not been ordained to, to take God's children into the future. It will be the Davids. There's a big, big, great insight. But I'm going to take you to a different insight I'm going to take you to Galatians chapter 3. I'm going to tell you what's happened to many of the Christians of the land. Verse 3, chapter 3, I'm sorry. Verse 1. O foolish Galatians, who has mesmerized, bewitched, cast a spell, who has afflicted you with blindness that you should not obey the truth. This is Laodicea. This is the evangelical churches of America for the most part. Not all. Within the evangelical churches there is those that will be faithful in Laodicea. There's always that group. There is this ecclesia who the gates of hell do not prevail against. But oh foolish Laodiceans, oh foolish evangelicals in the United States of America, Pentecostal, charismatic, fundamental, messianic, who has bewitched you, mesmerized you, hypnotized you. This is what Paul is saying. Now he's not talking about 
the witchcraft coming without to affect the Christians. He's talking about men within the believing body of believers in the churches within. He's not talking about outside bewitchment, mesmerization, being mesmerized, hypnotized. He's not talking about without. He's talking about man within. Who's bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? Before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently set forth, crucified among you? Who bewitched you? Who in America has been speaking from the pulpit things that are causing you to be you're, you're a spell? A spell is upon your head, on your mind. You can't see the truth. Verse 2, this only would I be learn of you. This only would I learn of you. Receive ye the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. And in this country, it's which church you're with, what work you're doing, you're doing a work to take over the world for Christ so that Christ, you can give the world to Christ when he returns. You're not working by faith. You're building something that you believe is of God. Verse 3, are you so foolish having begun in the Spirit are you now made perfect in the flesh? How many of Christians in this country have started their Christian walk in the spirit, true spiritual walk, and then something happened, and now they have reverted to going back to the flesh? Well, I have to go to the bottom of the hour break. Podcast 1360KHNC.com, mailing information, Olive Tree Ministry, P.O. Box 872, Longmont, Colorado, 80501. The Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry Radio Church Program. I'm your host, Rick Rodriguez. We'll be back in a few minutes. This is AM 1360KHNC. We'll be right back. Wow, it's so soft and smooth. It's cool to the touch. How did you do that? Well, we took my pillow's patented fill and combined it with this new technology that we didn't have back then when I invented my pillow to bring you the best pillow in history, my pillow 2.0. Because of all of you, my pillow 2.0 has been a huge success. And now we're bringing you our best-selling go anywhere my pillows with the same temperature regulating technology. Made with my patented adjustable fill and brand new cooling fabric, they're truly the next generation of my pillow. So go to mypillow.com, use your promo code KHNC to save over 60% on our my pillow 2.04 pack special. You'll get two my 
pillows and two go anywhere my pillows regular 259.92 now only 99.98 king size just ten dollars more this is a limited time offer so please order now khnc Happy day, when Jesus walked, oh, when he walked, when Jesus walked, every week, every Sunday, nine to noon, the Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry Radio Church Program. And podcasts are archived on 1360khnc.com. All the programs uh, on the station throughout the week, on the weekend, are streamed live. And then also uh, my contact information is Olive Tree Ministry, P.O. Box 872, Longmont, Colorado, 80502. I'm not going to go through the whole book of Galatians, but... We begin in the Spirit by faith. We continue in the Spirit by faith. We can do nothing in the flesh. This new move of God in America that began years ago, the, the new, uh, uh, new, this new apostolic reform movement, this is not, I, I say, This is a work of the flesh. It's not a work of the Holy Spirit. Now, God is the one who is responsible to expose it. We can speak about it. We can present what we feel about it. But God, it is part of the great apostasy. It's part of the great apostasy. A concept began by an individual here, C. Peter Wagner, in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Don't think that a lot of this doctrine comes from the occult world. No, it comes through the minds of men whose minds aren't renewed, who have a vision of something that was not from God. Nowhere in the scripture does it ever say that what they believe is we are going to take the cities, countries over for God. We are going to be victorious. There's going to be a great, great, massive revival. All the nations are going to come to Christ. I don't see that in the scripture. It says that multitudes, you know, that are uh, wide as a gate, and the path is wide, and many go in, take that path through that gate. And the world doesn't get better. The world gets worse. And the great, what they would say, is the great uh, revival that's coming. I say it does not exist. There's going to be a deep repentance 
in the hearts of God's true people. And yes, the gospel is going to be preached, maybe not so much in a sense verbally now, up until later, but the gospel will be, will be preached, and the gospel that's going to be preached is the kingdom of heaven. Christ is coming. Christ is coming to judge the world, the wicked, the cosmos, the kingdom of the devil. That's what's going to be preached. And there's going to be a great martyrdom. And this is one thing that those in this new apostolic reform movement are not telling God's children. What martyrdom? No, we're going to be victorious. We're going to be, we're going to take over the countries for the world. No, 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 no. Uh-uh. Absolutely not. There's going to be, there's going to be in chapter 6 of Revelation. I'm going to read it to you. I don't want you to be shaken. I want you to be awakened. God wants to wake his people up. His people need to be cold water. They need to be uh, there. We are, we are in deep sleep. Like a friend of mine wrote a book. I'm trying to think of the name of it. But he said, one of the quotes, Christians in America are in a dangerous and perilous state of complacency. Number one, because of a doctrine of a pre-trib rapture. Number two, because this culture has afforded us anything that we want because of our great wealth. Number three is because the Christian people have no idea that America is in the Bible. It is Babylon the great of the end of the world. And that out of this end time Babylon the great, this is where the two individuals out of chapter 13 of Revelation this is from whence they appear on the scene. And it is America that they rule over. And these two individuals, because we're in the final generation, which started in nine, in the, with the baby boom generation in America, the final generation, these two individuals are baby boom generation children that are not children any longer. They're cunning, evil, powerful individuals. But don't tell the Christians in America that we live in the land of the king of Babylon or that we are the Babylon, the final Babylon, the great. At the end of the world, there will be two Babylons the ancient Babylon, who it never said would ever completely disappear. Many Bible teachers said that that Babylon disappeared 2,000 plus 3,000 years ago. No, there are two Babylons. One Babylon in the sand, in the ocean of sand, it always will have sheep herders. 
someone will always be there. There's another Babylon, the end of the time, end of the, the great Babylon, the end of the world Babylon. That's the Babylon that will be destroyed forever. Bible teachers don't know the difference between two Babylons, ancient and end of the world. Ancient Babylon and Iraq exists presently. End of the world Babylon that dwells between oceans, Pacific and Atlantic, Gulf and the Great Lakes exists also. The shepherds of this land as they begin, as God and God will begin to show them, give them the revelation. And it's going to come because there's going to be hardship. Hardship to them. They're going to begin to suffer affliction from government agencies, I believe. And then they're going to start to wake up. And those that are saying that we're going to take over the world and present the world to Christ as a gift, to honor him. These men are going to eventually be silenced. But they're going to cause great problem before they're silenced. Because it's a movement. It's a movement backed by the by the heart of fallen man. They can argue with the Holy Spirit. They can argue with the scriptures. They can argue with me. That's that's fine. But they cannot argue with the scripture. They can't unless they twist it, unless they turn it, unless they rip it up and tear it out. You're not going to change the America's destiny. You're not going to change the destiny of the Laodicean churches in America, the evangelical churches or legs. Fundamentalist, Pentecostal, Messianic, Charismatic, simply. All of them are in deception. All of them, in one way or the other. That's the power of the culture, that's the power of the spirits of religion. I'm going to read Revelation chapter 6. I watched the Lamb. This is the English Standard Version. Now I watched when the Lamb opened one of the seven seals. I heard one of the four living creatures say, with a voice like thunder, Come. This is what God is saying to the Christian people in America. Come. He's trying to get our attention. Come and see. Don't stay, don't lock your brain, don't lock your mind off. Come and see what God is saying about the time that we live in. It's disturbing. It's frightening. Unnerving. Verse 2, I looked and I beheld a white horse. Its rider had a bow and a crown was given to him. He came out conquering and to conquer. These four horses are a type of fallen mankind that is unregenerated, 
like horses that are untamed, they are wild. Mankind in its present state internationally is wild, is untamed. Plenty of spirit. We are like horses. When we come to Christ, we have to be trained. We have to be broken. Fall on me, you will be broken. But if I fall on you, you will be crushed to powder. We are just like the horses. And mankind in a type is exactly what these horsemen of the apocalypse are. Untamed, unregenerated mankind, hedonistic, apart from God. When he opened the second seal, I heard a second living creature say, Come. Out came another horse, bright red. Its rider was permitted to take peace from the earth. Yes, they are spirits that direct mankind. Its rider was permitted to take peace from the earth so that the people which should slay one another. He was given a great sword. God allows this rider to have a sword. God is going to allow a great slaughter. Odd as it may seem, but God must let the children of the, of the world mature. And when they mature and as they mature, you get to see who they are by their works. Verse 4. Out came another horse. I'm sorry. Verse 5. When he opened the third seal, I heard a third living creature say, Come, I looked and beheld a black horse. Its rider had a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard what seemed to be the voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, A quart of wheat for a denarius, three quarts of barley for a denarius, do not harm the oil or the wine. So a denarius is a day's work. When he opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature say, Come. I looked and behold a pale horse. Its rider's name was Death. Hades followed him. They were given authority over a fourth, fourth of the earth to kill with sword, with famine, with pestilence, and by wild beasts of the earth. These are the, these are the means in which mankind is going to suffer the most. War, famine, diseases, bacteria, things of this nature, and by creatures that are, that, you know, God told us to oversee and control the creatures. But the creatures are taking control of mind because man's, a mankind because my, mankind's mind is fallen. We open the fifth seal. Now here's what begins in the dead of night, when nighttime comes. He opened the fifth seal, and I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the witness they had borne. This sounds like martyrdom to me, because it is. But no one's going to tell you that. 
It's too disturbing. This evangelical church in America, this is a martyr church, along with the Catholics and the true Lutherans, the true Presbyterians, the true uh, churches and the Protestants, the Anglicans, the Orthodox churches, all the Christians of this country in any of the seven churches are going to be a target for martyrdom. In 2098, when was it? No, no, no. Sorry, not 2098. It was in 1990. When was it? 9088. Yeah, about 88. Somewhere in there. I have a friend that was a pastor of a vineyard down in Denver. And I was going to give the message one Sunday. And the message was that the churches in America, all seven of them, were going to be martyr. The members were going to be martyred. They were going to be martyr churches. The whole world will see it. And the nations of the world will fear. And the Christians internationally will be also attacked. But the Lord worked it out where it wasn't time. And there are many other things that I wanted to present. And I have presented, but they didn't take hold except in the spiritual world, because it wasn't time. It's time now. God wants all of the seven churches in America and the members of these churches to know we are a murder, martyr church. We're martyr people. They cried out with a loud voice, O sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long before you will judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth. Internationally, they were each given a white robe, told to rest a little longer, until the number of their fellow servants and their brothers should be complete, who were to be killed as they themselves had been. Does this sound like the new apostolic reform movement gospel? It sure doesn't. But this is what the Word says. The Word says that these are crying, asking for their blood to be avenged, their death to be avenged. But they're told, wait, wait, just rest. And these are already in the grave. They're already in paradise. But they're beginning to wake up. They can't quite go to sleep. It's just difficult for them to rest. Because there are more that are going to be martyred. Now this, this may sound crazy. But you see, the word martyr did not come from the uh, Islamic world or any other world, 
all of God's children from the very beginning, Abel was murdered by Cain. The devil has his children to kill the righteous, the holy, the innocent, the weak, the poor. God puts it right here in his, his scripture. He wants his children to know. But like I said in the first hour, please go back to the podcast. I listened to my last week's program. It was a good, great program. It was a very good program. The reason I say that is because what is being archived, this is for you so that you can see what's coming. And each program I give a little insight and a little help and little, little things that I have to be careful to present in a proper way to hide it from the wicked. Tell your friends, you keep coming back. This prophet has been sent to warn God's children, has been sent to tell God's children the truth. This prophet, I don't care what, what uh, to offend anybody. It's not my intention to offend anybody. My intention is to tell the truth. I can, you know, I, I feel God is pleased with me. That's what's important to me. If he's pleased, that's everything. If he's happy, and if he is content to know that I'm warning his children about the hardships to come, and to tell his children, your only hope is in the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're Messianic, in Yeshua HaMashiach. If you're Hispanic, Jesus Christo. Your hope is in the Lord Jesus, the Son of the living God. Only. There's no other hope. They can kill your body. But don't fear the person that can kill your body. Fear him who can kill not only your body, but commit your, your, to your soul to eternal fire. Kill the soul too. Fear him. Christ has control over life, death, and eternity. God loves the people of the world. The only way he can reach them is for his people to be faithful to tell the truth. They were given white robes, told to rest a little longer until the number of their fellow servants and their brothers should be complete, who were to be killed as they themselves had been. When he opened the sixth seal, seal I looked, and behold, there was a great earthquake. The sun came black, became black as sackcloth, 
Now, at the end of chapter 11, at, at the end of verse 11, this is Revelation 6, 11, right after this verse, in between verse 11 and 12, is when the resurrection of God's people has happened. Because verse 12 is talking about now into the time of wrath. So the resurrection just occurred. There was an earthquake, sun became black, a sackcloth, full moon became like red blood, like blood, stars, sky filled to earth. Fig as a, the, the sky fell to earth as a fig tree sheds its winter fruit when it's shaken by a gale. The sky vanished like a scroll that is being rolled up and every mountain and island was removed from its place. The kings of the earth, the great ones and the generals and the rich and the powerful and everyone, slave and free, hid themselves in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains. They better hide, calling on the mountains and rocks, fall on us, hide us from the face of him who is seated on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come. Who can stand? You want, you think our God is weak? You think our God is asleep? He's not. God bless you. God bless you this week. God bless your weekend. God bless your 4th of July. May you enjoy your families. Join me next, next Sunday, 9 to noon, Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry Radio Church Program Podcast, 1360 KHNC.com for podcasts. God bless you. God bless you. God keep you and his spirit be upon you this week. Have a wonderful week. Reasons to Own Gold. Brought to you by the Patriot Trading Group at allamericangold.com. Reason number 647. Most people don't even know that the courts have already ruled once money is deposited into the bank, the bank owns the money, and the depositor is merely an unsecured creditor of the bank. Which means if the bank goes under, you get paid last. After the financial crisis, instead of breaking up too big to fail, the government and the Federal Reserve created Dodd-Frank and made too big to fail banks even bigger while putting your deposits more at risk. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group. To learn more, visit us at allamericangold.com or call us at 800-951-0592. Hey, 1360 fans. Tika here with Serenity Painting. Did you know that we also offer concrete, framing, drywall, and much more? For a free estimate, call us at 970-978-9565. Mention 1360 and receive 15% off any construction service and or free upgrade to Lifetime 1360 AM, Johnstown, Greeley, Loveland, Fort Collins. Naturally Inspired Health Summit. 